Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Mama Relax. In today's episode, we will be discussing the difference between being toxic and being in an abusive relationship. I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, kind of miss the marks or are a little confused as to how serious um, the issues they're having in the relationship could really be. So with no further ado, we will um, get started. Relax. Hi, Milena. Hey, how's How it going? You? I'm excited for today's episode. Um, I feel that a lot of the stuff we talk about, it kind of repeats itself a little bit because I feel that everything is interconnected. Yeah, um, definitely overlap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. And today's one of those really good episodes that it's like, am I in a toxic relationship or but I'm not? Like, yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I think that it's important to point out that toxic relationship doesn't necessarily mean everything's doomed and, you know, you can't fix it. And it is very different than being into an abusive relationship. But I think it's important to understand that when you in order for you to get to that abusive relationship point, um, the toxic traits will come first. So if you're able to tackle that in that stage, you know, obviously the best way is to tackle it before it even gets toxic. But if you are able to tackle it while you know, when you realize that you're in a toxic relationship, it kind of prevents you going into a much deeper and harder situation, which is being in an abusive relationship. But today we'll focus more on what a toxic relationship is. I know that I don't think I know one single person that I have personally met that has not been in a toxic relationship. I think it's like really hard to avoid those. And let me know if you agree, Mele, but like, I feel for me, it's, it, it, I think it's a lot to do with the individual themselves. So obviously when we're like really young in our twenties, there's a lot of things that we still need to learn on a personal level. And we carry a lot of our toxic traits due to a lot of trauma. So obviously when we find ourselves in certain relationships, whether they're romantically or friendship wise, I would say, um, that's when the toxic environment or interaction comes afloat. And I think as you grow older, hopefully you're evolving and those toxic traits are more easy to point out and we're able to, you know, kind of go away from that. If we're normal human beings, of course, there's people that stay in this cycle forever. (laughs) I know. I feel that, you know, you're going to look on your partner for something that you're missing in yourself. So, you know, like if you have a lack of confidence, you know, you're going to search for somebody that brings that to you. Or, you know, if you feel insecure, you're going to project that on your partner and maybe be jealous. You know, it's like that codependent um, narcissist bound that, you know, they have so many books about it. So, yes, until you are like your best self, you're not going to find anything but, you know, a half as a version of somebody else because you are half as a version of yourself, too. So 
once you are the best version of yourself, then you will find the best version of, you know, somebody else. I feel that that's what happens to me. I, I mean, I feel that it happens for everybody, like you're saying. You just really, whatever is missing in you, it, you know, you project. And that's why you feel so enchanted about that is specifically quality in somebody. I mean, when I was dating somebody very narcissistic, I was in a very low point. I had just moved to a new city and I didn't know anybody. And I was having like all these doubts. And, you know, a narcissistic person, they like lure you in like, you know, a bulb of light. And you are like just this this fly that is like enchanted by the light. And little do you know, it's like literally burning and killing you. So, you know, I was the fly searching for the light without, you know, noticing too late I actually did that I was really burning so it is what it is right exactly and that's a great example of what an abusive relationship is but I want to start I think um there's a good list of you know things to look out for for specifically toxic relationships because like I said I don't think toxic relationships are all doom and you can't fix them. I think that, you know, if we really feel that we love the other person, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship, um, there is ways of fixing the toxic traits. We just need to become aware of them, the ones that we have, that we are, you know, emitting ourselves. And obviously having that conversation with your partner, hopefully will also make them realize that they are toxic traits and how they can fix them. So I'll just go down the line. I think that it'd be good to have that, you know, conversation, you and me. And I'm, I'm sure as I go down the line, you'll be like, oh my God, yes. I like, I have an example for that, you know? So yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought, as, I was, as I was going down the list, I was like, oh, I, I have so many examples. I won't give them all, but um, it'll be a good guide for those of you that, you know, might be confused. Hey, am I actually in a toxic relationship or is this just the way relationships are? So the number one thing that is very common in toxic relationship is toxic communication. This I cannot emphasize enough. As soon as you tell your partner and you're communicating with them like, fuck you, you're a bitch, you're an asshole. When you start having those types of communications with your partner, that's a really red flag. And that's something that you need to catch yourself and you need to also see in your partner, like there, there is no need for us to belittle ourselves in any, any way and let anybody do that to us. So that's the number one thing. I know I've been there. It makes me feel terrible. I'm ashamed of it for doing it myself. And I I was also very hurt by that when it was happening in my previous relationship. So. Yeah, it's just bad all around. You know, I feel that that's the beginning of the end when it starts to people start talking to each other like that. And um, John Gottman, he talks about the, I forgot the word that exists, the, I forgot the term that he uses, but he said that, you know, that are some characteristics that, um, you know, once a spouse start talking or treating each other in a certain way, it's like one downslope to divorce or break up unless they, you know, change that change the the problem like you were talking about so yes i agree 100 as well 
Yeah, for for sure. And it's not only like using, you know, curse words, it can also mean like if your partner is belittling you, or you're doing that to your partner, for example, you know, Mm -hmm. them feel small or making them feel stupid, like, those that's an also a, a toxic way of communicating, you know, there should never be blame, especially in the heat of the moment, we shouldn't be blaming each other for things, you know, um, mm-hmm. good practice to take a step back and, and, you know, talk as normal people once you cool down, so that you don't bring these toxic language to your into your relationship. And again, it's something that can be fixed. It's just being aware of it and talking it through and hoping that the other person gets the message and wants to make that change as well. A second. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I said, I agree. And like, you know, this is just not like you're saying romantic relationship. Like if her boss is cursing at you and being disgusting, it's like, no. Mm -mm. Exactly. This is for every single type of relationship. It's unacceptable. And you can be in a toxic relationship at work. You can be in a toxic relationship with your family. You can be in a toxic relationship with a a partner. Obviously, most of the examples are very um, specific to partners, like romantic partners, but I think it can be applied across the board, you know? For sure. Yeah. Another one that's very, very, very common and that I think is a relationship destroyer. And that is romantic or friendship for sure. Being jealous and controlling. This is a problem, my friends, with you and you are. (laughs) When you are in a relationship, especially romantically, and the person is jealous, not only of, you know, I've, I've been in situations where it wasn't just, oh, jealous of another man, you know, it was also jealous of me spending time with my friends, jealous of me spending time with my family, with my own mom. That's a huge, huge toxic trait. Or one thing that I see very common, and I have done this in the past, and I'm very embarrassed by it, or was at some point, is making your partner jealous on purpose. That is the most toxic thing I think I've ever done in my life as a young woman. <laughs> I feel that it's just like that need for the attention, whatever it is coming from, you know. And I mean, I guess maybe most of us have done it at some point. I know I did it, and it's just you, you know, you kind of wanted the attention, but it's like, yeah, it's it's now looking back, it's like, oh my god, how dumb is that? So yeah. yeah. But I think it's something deeper, you know. I don't think it's just like you're just immature yes of course but with that comes like something when we're seeking attention is because there's something deeper in there right there's some trauma that needs to be fixed and like we carry that with us like maybe you didn't have enough attention as a child so like this is a way of you getting attention from your partner making them feel jealous but that always creates a fight always creates mistrust it's just not the way to go and shouldn't be done But jealousy can also come in the form, not only of like cheating, but also in the form of, for example, with my ex, there was always this competition, right? If I was in a good place professionally and he was not, then he would always pick fights. Or if I was traveling, he would pick a a fight if I was in another country and things like that. And there was that jealous, jealous factor of like, 
in another level that was even more toxic than I could ever imagine. I don't know if that's something that's happened to you, Milena. Oh my God. Yes. Like I did it. A guy that is very narcissistic and he was such a jealous person. And it was because he was so insecure. He was so insecure. And, you know, when a person is very insecure, they try to be like really not insecure. It's kind of like a chihuahua, you know, like they bark, like they are the crazy pit bull. And it's like, no, like I can step on you and you'll be gone. So, you know, I feel that People that have insecurities are are just like that as well. Um, and it's just sad, you know, um, because I feel that jealousy is just like a cancer in a relationship. It spreads. It, it just it brings nothing but terrible, you know, feelings for everybody, especially when the person is jealous of your of your, you know, your family. Like, how sick is that? Or I don't understand when also a partner or anyone like why can people just be happy for each other? But there is a lot of people that are, you know, incapable of being happy for others. And I feel that that happens a lot also in the work environment because, you know, I quit jobs before because I had a better opportunity coming my way and my boss was so hateful towards me. And that's sad. Like, why can't you be happy for me? You know, maybe one day I'll be in a position to give you an awesome job, but I won't, you know, like... (laughs) So it's just, it's just sad. I don't, I don't understand why it has to be that way, but. Yeah. But I think also, since you're bringing up like, like work and stuff, I think something that I've noticed and this, I notice a lot in women. uh, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, but friendships that are jealous of each other is the most toxic thing that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think I've ever experienced anything like that. I hope that I never have to, at least with my friends in that sense. Like I've, you know, I've always felt very happy for my friends. Like I have a few friends that, you know, have bought property lately and like, my God, like, it's like, oh my God, we all bought a house. Like we're all, you know, we're all excited for each other. We're all excited. Like your wins are my wins. And I feel that same energy towards me, you know, like whatever, like whatever is good going good in my life. Like my friends are all so happy for me, but I do see it a lot in women where like, you know, they, there's no genuinely happy feeling for one another. And it's that jealousy and, Do you really want to be at that point? Do you have to ask yourself the hard question of like, is this friendship worth it at this point? If there's not a good, there's no good good intentions um, in the back end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And it's, it is, it is just sad because, you know, why can't we just be happy for each other? Like nothing, nothing good comes out of hate and jealousy and anger you know like those feelings are just so toxic um but again like that person that feels that way they are just searching in the wrong headspace that there's nothing you can do so but it's important to to notice that because then you can distance yourself from that person and not share certain moments with that person or maybe have an honest conversation you know and say hey i feel that and I say certain things to you, you don't feel happy for me. What's going on? And then if the person, you know, is not on the same page with you, maybe it's time to move on. Because sometimes we grew apart from, from other people. And sometimes we try to help the person and they don't want to be helped. And, you know, they start working as an anchor. And not only they are, you know, dragging themselves down, but they are drowning you with them. 
And sometimes you just have to be, you know, go separate ways. It's sad, but it happens. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, again, I don't think I've ever stopped a friendship because of that, but I've definitely seen, I've definitely experienced with other people having, going through that experience. And it's, it's very heartbreaking because like, you just know that the person that's feeling jealous is also um, very miserable. So that, that's very sad to watch. Yep. And again, I feel that, like you're saying, not just romantic relationship, maybe this toxic relationship with your mom or with your boss or with your, with your neighbor, you know, with your, with your child. It's, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's sad (laughs) because it should be those people that love you the most and take care of you the most and have your best interest, you know, in heart. And a lot of times they are not. Yeah, no, for sure. Which brings me to my next point of toxicity, being in a toxic relationship is, you know, when there's lack of support um, in a relationship, like to your point, you know, the people that are closest to you, and especially in romantic relationships, at that point, you're so intimate with this person. If you feel that you can't count on your partner, that's a huge toxic trait. Because that's the person that you know, you're sharing your day to day with the person that you know, you you see in and out, especially if you live together, um, if you can't count on them, not only, you know, let's say financially, yes, of course, you know, if they can help you financially, if you can count on them that way, that's awesome. But I'm talking like also emotional support. You know, if I can't count on my boyfriend, if I have a very hard day at work and I can't go to my boyfriend to just like have him listen to me or even just like sit there and have him hug me, then that's not a healthy relationship. If the last person I want to talk to is the person that I live with, that is a problem. So take it like the fact. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like so many times you feel so lonely when you are at home and that should be the last place you feel lonely. Yeah. You should feel like that's your, your safe space. You know, I know that in my experience and I've had both, you know, with, with my ex, it was exactly that. Like I couldn't count on him for anything. Like it was so bad. And he made it very clear that I could not count on him. Like he was never going to, you know, inconvenience himself to help me with something, you know, where my relationship now is the, all the contrary. Like if I have any single little problem, like I know that I can count on him a hundred percent eyes closed. Like, I don't, I don't think I would go to anyone else before I go to him, you know, but that's the, that's how I realized like, wow, what a difference it makes to be in a healthy relationship because I I'm never afraid that I'm going to be in a bad spot because I know that I have him to count on. That's beautiful for sure. And again, we are just in such I don't know, in order for us to ignore such crazy red flags, you know, it just shows that we were so lost back then. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was toxic. Exactly. <laughs> I myself exactly. was toxic. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Another one. Resentment. This one I love because this is something that can be avoided so easily. And from the beginning, but we have this bad habit of just letting things that bother us slip through the cracks 
over and over and over again. And we all know what happens when you hold things in that bother you for too long. What happens? It's like a bomb. It explodes at some time, at some point. It's like a pressure cook, you know, exactly. it just sits there and it starts to like, the pressure starts getting higher and higher and it, it really like explodes for sure. And like, it's very, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, it used to happen to me where like, I would have these conversations with myself in my head about how I resented that person and be like, wow, they're so, in, they're so, um, they're not considerate. They're not considerate of my feelings. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. How is it? But never once did I speak out loud about how I felt about that. So I was literally condemning, resenting the person and never communicating with them about how it made me feel. So how are they supposed to know? They don't read minds. They don't know. But do you think you didn't say anything because you were afraid of hurt their feelings or just because you feel that they should have known? Like, what do you think it I happened? Think that, I think it's that common notion of like, they should know. I don't need to yeah. tell them. If I tell them then that is like, like, it's so obvious. How do you not know to do that kind of thing? And it's like, some people just don't really, they really don't know. And like some people, what's important to them is not important to that important to me or and vice versa. But resentment can also come in the form of you telling somebody, you know, out loud and them just doing the same thing over and over again, that thing that bothers you and you start resenting them that's also another avenue that that's also a possibility. And that's also very common in toxic relationships. Yeah. And, and again, if the resentment, it's again, like, like a cancer, because then you start watching everything with those, through those lenses of resentment, like you're wearing glasses, like you're already, you're wearing sunglasses indoors and you can not see clear. And that's, I feel that that's when we have like bad emotions, And we start looking the world through the lenses of the bad emotion. And, yeah. uh, you know, when somebody's jealous and, the you know, the girl's talking to a guy and the guy's like, you know, furious. And it's like, oh, my God, that's her brother. And, you know, he starts thinking crazy stuff and it's the girl's brother. Or, you know, when, if I, when, when you have resentment, then everything that the person does, even if it's something that should come across as sweet, you just get annoyed with it. So once you are wearing those lenses, it's really hard to take them off. So, yep, it's like a cancer, in my opinion. It's really toxic. Oh, yeah. It's it's one of those that it's like if you start feeling like you're resenting the person you're with or you're a friend or your parents or anything like you right away should that should be your sign of like, this is toxic. This is not okay. You know, maybe communicating that to that person in the sense of like, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to feel like I'm resenting you for such things, you know, how can we, how can I make this better? And like, I feel like always putting that responsibility back on you because those are your feelings instead of blaming the person and just being like, well, you do this, you do that, that bothers me. No, you know, come from a place of understanding and love because a lot of times I feel like a lot of toxic things um could could be fixed it's just you know having the right conversations in the right way educating yourself and trying to be the best version of yourself is always what's going to get you out of that toxic relationships but that's in my opinion where do you think resentment comes from in a in a relationship 
Um, I mean, I think it comes from like multiple ways. Like I said, you know, a lot of times, for example, like early in the relationship, you might be shy or you might be like in your head and saying like, you know, you know, that doesn't, that shouldn't bother me that much, but the reality is that it does bother you. And then you let it slide so many times and the person keeps doing it and doing it. And by the time, you know, you get comfortable, then that kicks in and you are explosive and, you know, not approaching it the right way. And the person had no idea and it just creates more and more and more resentment in that sense. Or again, it could be that you have mentioned it from the big, from the get-go and the person's just not respecting, you know, like that's, that's a, a very big thing. Like you can have um, people that start, disrespecting you and that is a way of disrespecting you I think it goes hand in hand with that like if you start feeling disrespected you start resenting that person more and more you kind of fall out of love or you stop loving them and start I think that's where you you are in that line of love and hate um for resentment but it's just making somebody else accountable for your needs and your feelings and I think the quicker that we take ownership of that and understand that only we can make ourselves happy and nobody else can the Mm -hmm. we can have towards someone if it's like a lack of communication you know um i feel that if you have open communication and you feel comfortable talking to the person then you are not going to be shy to ask questions and clarify things you know i feel that um when you feel uncomfortable being truthful to that person then you start assuming and then you start resenting if your assumptions are not in the same level of your expectations and you know it's just like a giant snowball going downhill yeah no absolutely that's definitely you know part of it there's there's so much that can cause resentment towards someone but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think miscommunication, not being able to communicate effectively definitely, you know, gets us in that resentment role. All right. So I'm, let- I'm liking this, like to going through the topics. I, I like it because a lot of things like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider, but it's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Why well, I never thought about that as a toxic relationship, you know, point. Yeah, because you usually go to like the, again like I think like a lot of times we confuse toxic with abusive and there is some differences I think toxic leads us into abusive relationships ultimately you know if we ignore all the toxic traits from both ourselves and and our partners or you know a friendship or a family member but um but yeah a lot of these can you know can go unseen especially with the types of lives that we live we're so busy that we sometimes don't stop and think and, and consider that these are things that we do like subconsciously, we don't think about them, you know? So it's good to bring them up and hopefully, you know, you, you are like, you're identifying it and be like, Oh wait, you're right. I do that. You know? Cause it's sometimes like we're just blaming the other person. And what we really need to do is take a step back and look inside of us and see what, what is it that we're doing that is causing the toxic traits as well. Um, Cause we definitely partake in that. Yeah, for sure. I have a friend and she's she's really, really, really smart and she she does head hunting. So she's really, really good with people. 
actually her and her husband, they do the same, they have the same profession. And one time I was talking to them and they were telling me that, uh, and okay, so they work, they're married, they work together and they have two small children. And I'm like, how don't you guys kill each other? Like you're literally together all the time. Everything that you guys do are together, you know, like how don't you guys, you know, jump on each other's throw and and he said that, you know, your morals have to be the same. You guys can be as different as a person as you can be, but like your morals have to be the same. You know, your morals with your company, the morals with your family, the morals with your significant other. If your morals are the same, you guys are going to be on the same page. But if your morals are different, then that's when problems starts to rise. Like, you know, if your husband thinks it's okay to murder and you don't think it's okay to murder, then you guys have a problem. You know, if the, you're, you're always so dark with the examples. <laughs> but I like to give extreme examples because I feel that they make sense. Like, you know, and at, at work, if you have a, a, a work that, you know, they, uh, I had a previous job that they were, they were okay with like really animosity towards competition and things like that, you know, and if you don't feel like that, like it's a very toxic work environment. And so when they said that, it made so much sense to me. And they also said, you know, when they were having an argument, they think, okay, five years from now, am I going to remember this fight? Like, am I going to remember the reason why I'm arguing with her or him right now? Like in five years, is this going to matter? And if the answer is no, then fuck it. Like, let it go because it doesn't matter. Like in five years from now, you know, if the, 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 the toothpaste is not closed the way that you like, like, what does that matter? But, you know, if he cheats on you, then it's a different thing. In five years, that might be a problem. But, you know, and most of the things, the answer is like, no, five years from now, that doesn't matter at all. And I just like when they when they said that, because I started doing that exercise myself. And I'm like, okay, does this is this going to matter five years from now? If the answer is yes, I'm going to go for it. If the answer is no, I'm going to work on myself and let go, because why not? That is that is such a great um example like I've never thought about it that way but it's so true because usually when we are resentful of people it's literally for those little things like, yeah yeah of course you grow resentful obviously if something big happens but for most normal relationships like you're usually resenting them because you know they left the dirty laundry on the floor or the, mm -hmm. the toothpaste or even the like the bathroom sink I hear that's another common one um so yeah you're, that's a great point and a great way to like approach it because it's true if it's not going to matter in five years you're not even going to remember why make a big deal about it now and put all your energy into that it's not worth it especially if you love the person like it's not worth it exactly it's just you know waste of time and again we think we have all this time in the world with each other and we our time is so limited and you just never know and i mean i don't mean to be dark again i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> we don't think about those things, but it happens. Like, I don't know. It it's is so it is what it is. It's so true. It's not worth it. And a few other ones that like, you know, that are toxic traits um are things like ignoring your needs, which could include losing your relationships. I think that this one's such a, a important thing because we can love someone, but we don't necessarily need to forget who we are. We don't need to forget our goals. We don't need to just put aside our life or our friends or our family just so that that person is happy. I am a true 
proponent that, you know, whoever I'm with, meaning in a in romantic relationship, like they're never going to push me away from my friends or my family. On the contrary, they're going to be part of that because those people are important to me. And I think that if you find yourself, you know, distancing yourself from your friends and family, and you're constantly just going with what the person, your partner is doing, that is a toxic trait because you're not allowing yourself to be an individual at that point, you're dropping everything and just putting your needs second. And that is not healthy. And that, you know, that your partner lets you do that is also not healthy. And it's a reflection of the relationship as a whole. So those are very common ones, but ultimately, um, what is the biggest toxic trait and what to really just call your attention and like wake up your senses of like, okay, this is, I'm in a bad spot in this relationship is if you're constantly just drained and unhappy, that's it. You don't need anything else. You know, like obviously as in relationships, we are going to fight. That's normal. That's common, but you shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the norm. You shouldn't be fighting every single day. You shouldn't be taking fights for, you know, days, like fighting should be a thing that is hashed out on the, within the same day, you know, like you shouldn't go days or weeks without talking, especially if you live together. I find that so uncomfortable. You know, I remember going through it and I don't wish it upon anybody because you don't want to be home. You don't want to see that person. You're stressed out. It's just not a good place to be in. So I feel like that is the biggest thing. And, I, and, and you know, this is the biggest and most like obvious sign And I feel like this is the one that we ignore the most. We just, we just don't respect ourselves to say I'm in an unhappy place and I need to make a selfish decision for myself, whether that is at that point leaving or taking action to change things and going through the uncomfortable process, which is having those conversations with your partner having those conversations with yourself and, you know, understanding that it's going to be hard to, to get through this process, but having that self-respect is so important. I feel that a lot of us just miss the mark when it gets, it comes to that. It is really hard to have that like self-judgment, I guess, you know, the, those hard conversations, because you have to acknowledge that you have a problem before you are able to fix your problem. And that's where the problem lies, I feel. Yeah, exactly. And like we, or we don't want to hurt people's feelings. That's another one. Like we just prefer to like sit in the uncomfortable, like in the unhappiness and the stressfulness than to face our fears and be like, you know what? This is not working for me. I got to go you know, or, or feeling, being afraid of being alone. Like that's a, a huge one that people just tolerate and tolerate so many things because of being afraid, being afraid of being lonely or being afraid of, you know, never seeing that person again. And I know it's a hard process, but it's definitely necessary. Yes. And again, you have to be in the right headspace to have those conversations. You know, if you are avoiding your problems, you're never going to be able to have those hard conversations with yourself. It's, it's just not going to happen. Yep. And, but it's the beginning of everything. Yep. And like I said, like toxic relationships are definitely fixable. This is, does not mean that you are listening to us now and you're thinking, oh my goodness, like 
I'm in a toxic relationship and everything is shit. And my, my, my partner is terrible person, or I'm a horrible person. No, I don't think we need to see it that way. Understanding that, you know, the first thing is acceptance of responsibility, accept your responsibility and the part that you take in this toxic relationship. And then once you realize that and you take that ownership and you take that responsibility, then it's that willingness to like invest the time, invest the, you know, talking to your partner, going through the hard conversation and truly coming from a place of understanding and not blaming because when we're in toxic relationships, that's our favorite thing to do. We blame the other person for our unhappiness. We blame the other person for making us feel bad. We blame the other person for all the other things that could be happening wrong in the relationship. And we need to come from a place of like, if I'm messed up and struggling and have trauma, it is very likely that my partner has that too. So we have to come from a place of love, kindness, and understanding instead of blaming each other if we really want things to work down the line. And you know, when nothing else fits, then you have to be open to get help from professionals. If you think that really you can, you really want to make that relationship work. And at that point, if you don't think you can do it on your own, having a therapist is always a good idea. I love therapy. I know, but sometimes again, you know, you can really afford therapy. So you just read books, you try to do your homework and, and, and search for help, you know, uh, within your means. Like that are that is help out there. You just have to be able to, you know, you want you have to first want the help and then you will find it. Like it will come your way for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um and that's that's the first step, you know, acknowledge that you have a problem so you can actually start fixing the problem because otherwise it's just you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. No, 100 percent. And one last thing I'll mention before we, you know, move on. But like I said, in the beginning of the episode, we did want to make sure that you understand toxic relationships are a little bit different than abusive relationships. And I won't go into depth about like what an abusive relationship looks like. I think that's an entire episode, separate episode on narcissism, which I am really looking forward to at some point, you know, talking through that because I feel it's very important. Um, Also, Milena, you have to watch this documentary. It's called um, uh, Bad Vegan, and it's about narcissism. Really? It's not about narcissism. There's an interesting name for it. Yeah, you have to watch it, but it's not it's not that it's of narcissism per se, but it's it's a relation a couple that's in a narcissistic relationship and how like the psychology kind of messes you up. I mean, it's amazing. I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing it. I highly recommend. But I think yes. that's a completely different um episode, but just to go through some of these just because I know that some people, you know, are in bad situations, you know, if you feel you're in an abusive relationship, signs of that can be, you know, you feel like your self-worth is diminished. You know, obviously at this point you are, you have taken a lot of toxic communication from your partner and you feel very worthless. So that's definitely uh, already very abusive. Um, Obviously, if you have any chronic stress, anxiety, or have doubts, that's a huge, huge um, form of abuse in a relationship as well. Going back to, you know, separating from friends and family, 
um, or if the relationship's interfering with your work or school. I know of some relationships where like the the one partner doesn't let the other partner like go, have a job or, you know, go to school. Like it's that controlling kind of behavior that's obviously very abusive and it's way past toxic at that point. Um, if you feel fear and you feel intimidated, definitely abusive. Um, I, at this point, you know, it's, it's very important for you to take care of yourself and seek help and so that you can move away from that relationship in a safely manner. I know there is people out there that are in very bad situations. So, you know, be, you know, it's okay to, to have, it's okay to have those feelings, but acknowledging them is even more important. So make sure that, you know, you understand that at this point, if you're afraid, you're in a very, very bad situation and you should definitely seek, seek help. Exactly. I mean, you know, your relationships should bring you joy and love and happiness and you should feel better, you know, going through it and living it. You know, after you're seeing friends, you should feel happier and more joyful or, you know, relieved. And the same thing with any relationship, you know, work family everything and then if if it's nothing but awful feelings then that's a huge 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 red flag you know start looking deeper into it yep absolutely and the last one um that you know because i feel like the other ones are a little bit more um obvious but gaslighting is such a big deal and it's so common and it literally can drive you insane but if you feel at any point that you know your partner insists that you remember something that never happened like that you literally cannot remember ever happening that's a form of gaslighting um, so crazy yeah if they tell you like they never said something um but you clearly remember it that's gaslighting if they're accusing you of being um the one that has the control issues and the anger issues and they're you know they're putting it back on you that's also a form of gaslighting and and that is very delicate because it could become very psychologically it can really mess you up psychologically so um that's one that you know i think goes hand in hand with narcissism but it's a very bad form of abuse of abuse so something to be aware of. Um, you are not crazy. Don't let anybody tell you that you remember what you remember and you know what, you know, and stick by that. So I know that sometimes that's very hard when you're in that situation, but it's something that we need to remind ourselves, you know, like trust ourselves and love ourselves enough to understand that you don't have a problem and you're not making things up and stand your ground. And hopefully you have the courage to, to leave that situation. Amen. Amen, right? <laughs> I, yes. got, I got a little deep. But no, but it's I do, so true. I do think from personal experience, you know, I know how it has affected me in my life. Um, not to say that I haven't grown from it because I am thankful for every single situation that I've been through. But I know that I wish I had some guidance when I was going through it. So if anybody, I can help anybody, you know, kind of see it and bring it to light. That That means a lot to me. On a personal note, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, because we start thinking that we are crazy. Like, oh, for sure. Oh my god, yep. That person will make you think that you are the crazy one. That you, you are. You start believing that you are the problem. That you are jealous. You start believing that you are all the things that they are telling you that you are. Like, 
it's it's like you drink a magic potion and actually poison and it's like changing your mind oh it's you have to be there to kind of understand and i unfortunately have been there so i do understand and i'm glad i'm not there anymore but i have the knowledge which i'm grateful for that part i guess yeah you know if anything came out of it it's like knowledge to now i can identify which you know the reason why i kind of fell on the trap is because i did not know i have never had a jealous boyfriend before i have never you know had to deal with a narcissist and when i did it was crazy like i didn't know what was going on i was i was in a trap it was crazy yeah, no, it's insane. But again, if you I hope I mean, I don't hope I hope that none of you are in toxic relationships. But I my wish is more that you all, if you are in a toxic relationship, you're able to, you know, fix that if you think that, you know, that's the person for you, if it's romantically, or if it's a if, if it's worth saving the friendship or, you know, a family member, anything like that. Um, and just to let you know that there is a difference between toxic and um, abusive. But I have a, a really cute quote. Um, that's not cute. <laughs> There's nothing that has pertains to toxic is cute. <laughs> but but um, it goes hand in hand with toxic relationships. And it says, um, it says this, I walked away because you were too busy finding faults in me and I was busy overlooking yours. And I think that's too yes. for toxic. It is cute. It's sad, but it's cute at the same time. I don't know. I like it. And then it says it, it tells everything, you know. <sighs> yeah, it says it all in a yes, in that one sentence is like key to what toxic relationships actually mean. You know, like I was saying. We usually like to put the fault on the other person or by ignoring, you know, the faults that they do have or the toxic tricks that they have, you yourself are participating in that toxic relationship. You're, you're participating, you're being part of that. So even if you are not the one cursing at your partner, even if you're not the one being jealous by you allowing them to do that to you, you are being toxic yourself because you're allowing that to happen and overlooking it. So, you know, some, some things to think about <laughs> if you're in, in this situation, but I hope that, you know, you're not. And if you, um, have been and have, um, figured out ways to fix it, we would love to hear from you. We are on Instagram. Um, our handle is mama.relax with two X's at the end. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Me too. A little crazy, but I enjoy, I enjoy yes. talking yes. about So Yes. All right. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye, Mile. Bye. Bye.